Oh, Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape from everything. Escape, incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandments to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord. God, thou art my trust and my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise. Not my praise, but your praise. And it shall continually be in my mouth. I am as... Uh, 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 let my mouth, amen, right there. Let my mouth be filled. He is your rock. He is your fortress. Amen. I didn't know why. Until I started seeing what was going on with Sister Tracy. Sister Tracy, God's giving you that scripture because you are mighty and powerful with his word and his spirit in Jesus' name. Not taking, a, not taking away or making light of the grief, nor the loss of a friend or a co-worker. But I know that God's word is here for you to hold on to, to hold on to, to trust in in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when uh, I'm going to give you the scripture and then I'll let you be seated. Turn to Acts 1 and 8. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. You see, the devil tried to get my sight on things in the natural. Then God said, if you look up, begin to show me the angels that are lining this room right now. I'm, I'm just telling you what God showed me. Though the saints of God are not here, he sent his angels. Those angels will go out and do what the saints of God that should have been here should have been here to do. They're already rejoicing. Amen. So I told the Lord, thank you for getting my eyes off of the number here. You begin to show me the numbers of angels. They're shoulder to shoulder. This is a 75 by 50, 75 by 50. You number, you can't, I can't even, you know, I don't know what the numbers are at that point. Line shoulder to shoulder all the way around this building. The Bible says in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. The song that they sang, I had no idea they were going to sing that song. But the word that I'm about to title this with is Take It to the Streets. When they begin to sing, overflow, let me overflow. Anybody left a pot on the stove and it has begun to boil until it overflows. Well, when it overflows, of course, if it's really hot around that burner, it will steam out. But if there's not enough heat around that burner, it will just keep flowing. If you've ever put a, a bucket in, a hose in a bucket in, and, um, you know, you can't contain the overflow. I installed a toilet and didn't tighten some things up in the house uh, this past week, and it ruined our floor. Um, and uh, it is what it is. But it could not be contained. The water just kept flowing. There was no way to stop the water. When the Holy Ghost is in you, ha when you've got the Holy Ghost, there's no containing the Holy Ghost. There's no putting a lid on it. There's no stopping the joy. There's no stopping the excitement. There's no shutting it down. Not when it's full. When it's powerful and overflowing. You, you, you can put a lid on it all you want, but it's just going to get out. It's not going to be contained. It, it's got to get out. So we're going to take it to the streets. Because I believe that's what the Lord wants the church to do tonight. Is begin to take the word of God to the streets. You may be seated in Jesus' name. This is kind of just what God gave me to begin to talk to the church. As you know, that we will be partnering up with uh, Crossroads. Uh, to start doing prayer walks and fasts. And um, as Brother Reynolds said, uh, our, um, our fast this week is a meal. I uh, went and prayed for, we, uh, Brother Morse and I went and prayed for Sister Juanita today, spent some time with her. And um, in my spirit, the Lord just spoke to me and said, have the church on Tuesday, wake up with a hard fast. And begin to fast and pray from the time that we wake up until we get word that Sister Juanita is in recovery and doing fine. In Jesus' name. Okay. God also said, if anybody gets jealous that we haven't done it for you, forgive us. But this is just what God laid on my heart. This is not showing favoritism. This is just what God told me to do. So I'm asking the church to, to bind together. In unity, and let's fast and pray till God brings her out of that surgery fine and, and lets her recover well. Amen. But as we look in the book of Acts, uh, the whole key to the book of Acts is taking the gospel to the whole, to where the people really are. You know, many people, um, I don't know how many of you really understand how important it is to build relationships wherever you go. Um, be it in a grocery store, be it in your laundromat. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I talked about is my laundromat. How many laundromat, how many of you got a laundromat? Only two of us? Y'all don't take your suits to dry clean. Three? Okay. Well, uh, do y'all take your suits? To, you men, I, I mean, you all throw your suits in the, in the washer? 
Okay, dry cleaner. I, I, I call mine a laundromat, but okay, it's a dry cleaner. Dry cleaner. So how many got a dry cleaner? Okay, wow, thank you. Wrong terminology. How many of your laundromats gave you a Christmas gift this year? Your dry cleaner give you a... How many gave you a Christmas gift? Nothing? Not even a lint roller? Let me tell you something. You know you've become a witness when you have involved yourself in people's lives. They don't know that I don't, I don't really care about Starbucks anymore because it's so expensive. So I really don't drink Starbucks coffee. They could have given me a $5 Starbucks and I've been just as happy. They gave me a $25 Starbucks card. Amen. That don't just happen when you just walk in as a regular customer. Amen. When I walk in, I greet them with a, I, I honor them because of their nationality. I, I, I bow to them. I don't bow my head, not look at them. I look at them eye to eye and bow to them. Amen. Because I know their nationality. I know what it requires for respect. Amen. And, and when, when the, the, the uh, oldest one's uh, grandson came down with cancer in the brain, in their broken English, they said, they let me know that their grandson had cancer. Something was wrong with his brain. It had cancer. All they could say was cancer. I said, well, I'm going to go to the church. The church is going to pray for a prayer cloth over a prayer cloth, and I'm going to bring it to you, and I want you to take that prayer cloth and put it on that grandson's bed or his pillow or his shirt because I believe our God is a healer. Now, I already know what, what, where they go to church, but that doesn't matter to me because I'm not, I'm not here to attack a denomination. I'm here to show them Christ. Amen. I walked in and, and, and I'm trying to, you know, they don't under, because the churches they go to do not believe in the anointing or prayer over anything. I said, this is a cloth. It's got oil on it. We prayed over it. It will heal. Put it on grandson. Put it on his bed. Put it on his shirt. And she got up and, and the one that can speak broken English very, pretty well spoke to her and told her what it was and um, she so she came back and she said she told the one that can speak broken English I still don't understand I took the prayer cloth out I said where the sickness is take this cloth put it on his a piece of a garment on his body I said we believe in prayer and speak in the name of Jesus over this that when it touches the body of your grandson, your loved one, then God is going to do a work. She said, okay. So I go back in three weeks later. I said, how is grandson? She said, he, he better, he better, he better. X-ray, no cancer, no cancer, no cancer. That's the power of prayer. That's the anointing of oil. That's faith believing that God is a healer. We need to be bold about God's power. Bold about God's spirit. 
I didn't know how God was going to operate on that cancer, but I knew we had power when I brought it from the church and gave it to her. Take it to the streets. That's what it's all about. It isn't supposed to be kept in the house of God. It's not supposed to be kept in the little nucleus of whatever the body is. So the whole key to the book of Acts is taking the gospel where people really are. Amen. And that's the book of Acts is a vivid portrayal of taking the gospel to the streets. You see, the gospel shows the life of Christ. But Acts shows us how the early Christians lived out the teachings of Jesus Christ and what they did with the Great Commission and with the baptism of the Holy Spirit as they received it. Amen. Acts shows us how to evangelize people. You say, well, I thought we would come to church for an evangelistic. We are. This is evangelistic. We're talking about evangelism. Amen. Obviously, we need to reach souls. That's what the kingdom of God is all about, sharing what he gave us. Amen. So evangelize people, establish them into the churches, and extend the church to the unreached. Amen. The principles apply in any generational time or any generation time. We see it fulfilled uh, in a prophecy of Jesus being uh, given in Matthew 16, 18. It says, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is it that he's saying here? If I was to ask you to dissect this sentence or this uh, scripture, what is it that he's saying that leaps out to you? I will build my church. Upon you, if you will go out and share the word of God, I'll build my church. All I need is somebody to go out. Acts is also a fulfillment of the great commission found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So go is what we're supposed to do. Go. The great commission is the mission of the church. It's the great commission of the church. It is not the great suggestion. Sometimes they think uh, evangelizing or evangelism is a suggestion. Anywhere I frequent, I try to remember. I, I try to remember people's name, and I try to greet them. I've been in Lowe's so much this past two months. They all they wave at me now. Miss Lisa, talk to Miss Lisa. I say, hey, Miss Lisa. Talked about her to her, just seeing how she's doing. Went through Christmas, went through the New Year. Now we're, now we're two weeks into, or maybe going in three weeks now. Bottom line is, what are you doing? I, I'm, I'm building a relationship with Miss Lisa, huh? and I got to keep building it because there's only a short time I'm gonna be using Lowe's. House will be done soon, right? So I've got to. I've got to be mindful. I've got every time I see Miss Miss Lisa, I just want to say hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good good evening. I just want to say hi. How you doing? Everything going all right? Everything with the family okay? Everything good. Good. You need prayer? Let me know. I'm going to pray for you. I haven't said I'm a pastor. I haven't said who I am or what I am. All she knows is I'm Mr. Allen. Every time I go in and use the Lowe's card. But the bottom line is, 
I'm trying to go into the streets and take the word of God into the streets. So it's not a suggestion for me. It's a commission for us to go. It is not a wish but a command of the Lord to, to the church. Amen. Not just to the church building, but to the church where God lives, where his power lives. Amen. Failure to obey results in our great omission. Uh, the first word of the great task is go. The first two letters in the word gospel are go. Amen. We must go if we expect to evangelize the lost world. The only way the lost world will ever see Jesus is if the church shows them Jesus. My father will tell you I've bit my tongue. I've had a lot of, lot of people help me. And I don't know if it's a test, but it has been a tough test uh, working with the man I'm teaching a Bible study. Because sometimes there's blame thrown that I can't have no control over the blame. I mean, I can't even, you know, when you're the chief bottle washer, you're the gopher to go get the supplies, you're, you're lining up everything and you're putting everything ready and, and then you got to work from, you know, you're trying to work and help him get this and hold that, push that, bang that, you know, get that. Amen. And so I don't know if the Lord is test if it's letting the Lord, my tongue, I had to walk outside and say, God, you got to help me. My tongue about ready to get, get unloosed here. You understand what I'm saying? There's things that you've got to watch because the very thing that God is using you in can be very, can be ruined if you're not careful with the ways and the day and the, the weariness Amen. You can lose it quickly and then lose the whole testimony. The Bible said we must go if we expect to evangelize the lost world. We must go if we will ever establish uh, the move of God in, in people's lives. T.F. Tenney once said, you, some of you may not know who he is, but he was a great man of God in our movement. Uh, he once said, which part of the word go don't you understand? Uh, we must go if we are to extend the whole gospel to the whole world. This is the task of the entire church. Not one person, not two people, but the entire church. Amen. The two major activities of the Great Commission are going and making disciples. Going and making disciples. <clears throat> Believe it or not, if you're a parent, you're making a disciple. Believe it or not. You're leading by example, right? You're teaching. You're instructing. You're guiding. You're, you're teaching them the do's and the don'ts. Amen. And they see that. So you not only are discipling your children, that's the same way we disciple people. The principle of the harvest is made clear in Psalms 126, 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The focus of the gospel is outward towards the lost world, not inward. Amen? And, and, and so, if you're ever asked, I can give a Bible study. I can go get that Bible study immediately. I'm not going to invite them to church. They already have a home church. Thank you. Thank you so much. They already have a home church, right? So right now, if I already know they have a church, why would I invite them? 
my first thing is, is to befriend them. Love them where they are. Love them where they are. Then, at some point, say, you ever, you ever thought about having a Bible study? I'd like to give a Bible study. Actually, my church likes me to give Bible studies, and I really need some help giving Bible studies. It would help me sharpen my, my sword. Would you, would you allow me to give you a Bible study? Huh? Yeah. Right? But I don't ask that until I've come in quite some time. And now I know Miss Lisa, and I know she's got children. I know she's got family. I, got, I know she's got, I know what she's got going on. I know everything she struggles with, you know. Pretty much, you know what I mean? I'm just saying. If you get to, if you really are personable, you will find a lot of things. I'm not talking about real personal, but I'm talking about things that go on in people's life. Daily go on in people's life. They'll, they'll start talking to you. Yeah, you know, I'm going through. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Well, then you begin to go, well, I, I, you mind if I pray? I, I, I won't pray out loud. I just, if you'll let me pray for you, you know, I'll pray for you right now. And I won't make a scene because you don't need to make a scene. Our God is so big and so powerful, if I have to whisper in the name of Jesus, whatever this situation is, I speak to it right now. We sometimes think we have to be extroverts. You know, you don't have to be an extrovert. How many of you like to be, like someone say hello to you? You don't like nobody saying hello to you? I like somebody to say hello. And when I walk in somewhere, I like them to say, I like the Walmart greet. I like the, uh, the Lowe's greets me. I, I like Walmart's or, uh, Home Depot's greeting. I like someone to say, hey, whether they know me or not, hey, welcome. Good to see you today. If I'm in a bad mood, it already makes me think, man, huh? Why are you in such a good mood? I wonder if they got the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. Why well, ain't in a good mood like them? I know I'm not speaking proper vernacular, but the bottom line is, I, I, you know, it's good to be greeted. I like somebody to greet me. I want to say, hey, how you doing? You good? I like smiles. I like people to greet me. I like them. You know why? Because I smile back. That lets them know that we, I'm not one of them grumpy people, that, that I'm uh, approachable. And the more I come in and say, hey, how you doing? Right? That may be all it is, hey, how you doing? And move on. But I keep coming back. Finally, I look at the name tag. Hey, Tiana, how you doing today? Most people don't look at the name tag and go, hey, this is not disrespectful, but let's say uh, Brother Thompson has his name tag on, and it's Greg because that's, he works at Walmart. And I say, hey, Greg, how you doing today? Good. <laughs> hey, Aaron, how you doing today? When we were, of course, when we were at, well, never mind. But the bottom line is you like somebody to, you know, the reason they wear the name tag is so you can say, hey, Stephanie, how you today? Instead of going, hey, you, you with the blue smock. Yeah, you. Gray shoes or brown boots. I don't know what color they are, but whatever color they are, I'm a little colorblind, so I need my wife's help. But the bottom line is, I go, what, what would you like me to go, hey, you with the 
or boots with the fur on the top. And no, you want me to go, hey, Stephanie, how are you today? Stephanie, could you help me? To, I, I'm having trouble finding this. Can you give me a hand? Adam, Frank, Fred, Sue, Terry, Tanya. Everybody has a name and they want you to use it. Right? So the focus of the gospel is, is towards the lost world. We come to church to fellowship and worship our God. However, we cannot be, become inwardly focused by placing all of our attention on the inside of the church. Sometimes, I, I'm telling you, sometimes the ministry becomes so focused on inwardness. Okay? We become so focused inwardly that we can't see past the four walls. We come to church in either... I'm afflicted or I am sick or I've got this and I've got that and I'm this and I've got the, you know, the government shutting down and I've, I've got bills to pay and, and we're so focused on the things that we have no control over. And so then we start to try to minister to one another and we forsake the guests that are here needing Jesus. When we've been walking around with the gift and the glory and the power all that time. And we forsake the very lost coin sitting in the sanctuary. Because my circumstances are more important than the, the one with the lost coin or the soul that's here visiting. Right? Or guest that's here. However, we cannot become inwardly focused. The church cannot become inwardly focused. We come to church to worship, but we leave the church to witness. Amen. That's the whole purpose of worship and coming to the house of God. is so that we leave here, as the song said, overflowing, filled up and overflowing, becoming the fire, becoming the sacrifice, becoming the very instrument that God wants to use in people's lives. They're hurting people in this world. Once we walk out of the doors of the locals of this church, the mission field is right outside. It is here that we meet unbelievers where they feel uncomfortable or, or you know, or, or they feel like, like, actually most people feel comfortable, more comfortable out there than they do in the house of God. Honestly. They feel more comfortable out there than they do in the house of God. And they need to feel comfortable in the house of God. If anyone ever gives off an aura of, don't you sit by me. Don't sit by me. I'm telling you, don't sit by me. That look, you ever had that? somebody have that look? Don't you dare. Ain't no room here. Not on my pew. The church better rebuke that spirit. Kick it out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Because then you should say, right here, sit right on down with me. Huh? All right now. She says she's going to do it. But that's what we need to do. We need to be proactive and ready to witness to every soul. We, the Holy Ghost ought to be just overflowing. 
I mean, I know that we all go through seasons, okay? So I'm not going to say that every day I've got the Holy Ghost flowing. Okay, I'm, I'd be a liar if I told you that. But there are days, there are, there are things that God has been showing me that I've got to get under under control. I cannot be a uh, 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 a child of God that walks up here when I see all the glory and all the blessings. And then when he kicks out the ladder so that I hit the valley. And then I begin to go, woe is me. I need to go, it's okay, God. The Bible says you're with me in this valley. Even though I see darkness, even though it's a valley of death, I still know you're with me. I may not know how to get all the way from here to there, but I know as I walk from here to there, you'll be right by my side. I don't like what I'm in right now. I don't like the environment that I'm in. I don't like the situation. I don't like the circumstance, but I know that you're with me every step of the way. And we can make it. Amen. I, I, I'm learning to stop walking by all the miracles. I'm, I'm learning to walk whether it's a miracle or not a miracle. I'm learning to walk whether he shows up on time or don't show up on time. I'm learning to honor him when no matter whether he does anything or not, I'm learning to give him glory even if he's not blessed me. Now, I, I call that myself being, I'm just maturing. Uh, it's taken me a while to get to where I am. I'm not, this has not been like overnight. This has not been something that, you know, I just took an energy drink and drank and it, boom. You know, Popeye's a sailor, man. Right? It's not like that. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, uh, thank you, whoever said that process. Thank you. It's been a process getting to where I am today. And, and I'll tell you. You know, uh, David, we were working, and, um, you know, how you know it's a process is when you're working and you put your finger on a, a tool and you take the hammer and you don't move the finger and you smash the finger between the hammer and the tool and you don't come out with any foul language. And it blew up purple, blood blister. We ended up taking a knife and cutting it just so the pressure would release. And he's sitting there and he's going, because he was there when I smacked it. He said, why haven't you cussed? Because that's not, God took that out of my vocabulary. I said, oh, right now we need to pray. That hurts bad. I'm like, in the name of Jesus. I'm going, Jesus. And I said, that's all I can say. I, I, God took that out of me. And he's going, well, I don't know if I'll ever get there. I said, oh, when the Holy Ghost comes in, <laughs> when the power of God comes in, you won't want to do that. You won't want to say that. I think Alan, I don't know who, maybe Alan wasn't there, but someone was there with us when this happened. Uh, but it is here that we meet unbelievers where they feel comfortable and on their own grounds. We cannot expect the sinner to come to the gospel. We must take the gospel to the sinner. That's why I don't encourage inviting people to the church. Really. I think you need to be, build friendship. And, unless they don't have a church. If they don't have a church, then invite them to church. 
okay? But if you already know they have a church, don't, don't bother inviting them. Ask them for a Bible study after building that relationship, right? Go, you know, go in frequently, however how long you got to go, even if it's just a second. Y'all got any laundry here today, whether you got it there or not, just go. You got, I got any laundry here today? Ain't any, it's good to see you. And then leave. Go to the Dairy Queen. Maybe not get a ice cream every time, but uh, go to Dairy Queen. Take the low diet, whatever it is, yogurt. Yeah, I'll take a yogurt today. Hey, Aaron, how are you today? Good, I'll take a yogurt. I'll take a chocolate. Give me a chocolate. Right? Go to the store. Don't go to no self-checkout. Go to where there's a live person. Amen. Oh, Lord, who said, oh, Lord? <laughs> that machine don't do nothing for you. It don't. If you make one mistake, you still got to have some human come over there and correct that machine. The bottom line is you can't witness to that machine, right? You, I, I mean, never mind. You've got to have the opportunity to speak to somebody. We must take the gospel to the sinners. The word of God, the word of God and its many truths cannot be hid under the bushel, but we must be like a light set on a hill. Matthew 5:15. 2 Corinthians 4:3 says, "But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost." You know, this is a church that believes in Pentecost, believes in the the word of God. As we were teaching the Bible study, we've been teaching a Bible study, and I've never in a long time in my life ever had someone 63 or 64 years old ever be so hungry for the Word of God. He's so hungry for the Word that he's letting me teach him. He just started back to church. He's going to a Bible study at church, and then one of the deacons said, hey, man, come on over to the house, and we'll do some more Bible study. So now he's going on. Fridays with the church, with the deacon, Thursday with us, and Sunday morning, Sunday school, Bible study. And he's, and so then, you know, he asked, how can I read the Bible in one year? Well, we threw him the bread. It was a bit much. He came to Dad and I and he said, or Bishop and I, excuse me, came to Bishop and I and he goes, I can't understand why you take me from Genesis to Matthew? None of it makes sense to me. I'm like, stop reading it. Because you can't have confusion. Let's stick with just what we're doing. You're trying to learn too much. Trying to take on too much. He was, he's so hungry. He's like, I just got to know. I want more. I want to I wanna do what you're doing. I want to be able to sit down with somebody and teach them the word of God. I said, in time. In time. But you're trying to, you're trying to eat. Meat when you're still on milk. You haven't been in church since you were 10 years old and you're 63. You're going to get sick and you're going to walk away from it. But the world has got is full of people like him wanting the gospel. They want the word of God. They starving for truth. 
he come to me and he said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's more to this than what I'm being taught in my church. I said, oh, there is. So, so we took and bought him an apostolic study Bible. And this is how hungry he is. He started reading the very beginning of the apostolic study Bible. He said, oh, that's where y'all's church started from. Uh, yeah, go through the book of Acts. Start reading the book of Acts. If you want to know what you're looking for, it's in the book of Acts. I said, just go to the book of Acts. Start reading it. And I said, I ask you to pray. Begin to pray and let God enlighten you with what you're reading. I said, that, that enlightening and that, that more to what you're saying is to your walk with God is right in the book of Acts. Hungry for God. He's not the only one out here hungry for God. He's, there are people out here looking in the book of Acts 2. We see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Immediately we see Peter standing with the 11 and preaching a powerful Pentecostal message. Hungry people were convicted and converted. The church was born. What did they do with the Holy Spirit that they had received? What did they do with that Holy Spirit? In, the book, in, the act, in Acts 3, we see two men on their way to a prayer meeting in the church. Right now, God is leading us and leading me to have prayer on Wednesday nights, not Bible study. So I'm going to be obedient to God, though it's not normal for Wednesday nights to be prayer. But I'm going to be obedient to God because I'd rather be obedient to God than the flesh or tradition. Right? Being Bible study, I'm just saying, Bible study on Wednesday. They were on the way to a prayer meeting. What if you're driving on the way to church Wednesday night to prayer meeting? All of a sudden, you see something happen right here to your right. Blinkers on. And you get out. You okay? What's wrong? You've been hit by a car. And you start praying. You mind if I pray? And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Mangled, mangled by a car, and you start praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, they, things start popping. They start getting up off the ground. You're going, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait till, wait till the medics get here. But I believe, I believe God's already touched you. But just wait and let the the medics prove that you're all right. What if you're the Acts three people? Two men were on their way to a prayer meeting at church. As they passed a gate, of a lame beggar started to cry out, money, 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 I want money, alms, alms. The men immediately recognized his need for healing. Money would only last for a day, but healing would, last, would be a greater blessing to the man lasting for a lifetime. Let me tell you something. What we have will last for a lifetime if they will continue to continually keep a relationship with the Lord. These men did not carry the lame man to the church so that the pastor and saints could pray for him. They immediately said, silver and gold. Silver, silver and gold have I not. But what I have I give unto thee. Be thou healed. Receive thy sight. Be, get up and walk. Right? 
We need to start walking in the gifts and the power of God because we are the Acts Church. Amen. Amen. We are the Acts Church. Amen. Right there on the street, they prayed for him and Jesus healed him. What a tremendous witness that was to people around them. Then the man joined them by going to church. At church, people worship God for the result of his goodness and healing power. Amen. That is exactly what people are looking for. We, we need to do the work in the street. They will come. My neighbor already Brother Ebian to the house. My neighbor's already scoped out where his church is. He told Dad and I, he said, I'm going to come up and visit you all. Because he said, you know, I've never worked with anybody that's never cussed when they've hurt themselves. And quite a, him and I must be regular just people that get hurt all the time. But but, but anyway, he said, I've never worked with people that don't cuss when they smash a finger or they cut a finger with a razor blade or, or, or they smash the finger in the saw before, you know, just trying to line the blade up before they cut it on. But at church, people worship God for the result of his goodness and healing power. The man also came to church to worship and praise God. The two men got into trouble for being used of God in the healing of the man. They were arrested and um, abused and threatened. And when they were released, they prayed that the Lord would give them great boldness and that he would stretch forth his hands to heal and that signs and wonders would be done. That's Acts 4, 29 through 39, or through 30. And said, where would these great things be accomplished? Where are these things going to be accomplished from Grace Gospel? I'll tell you where they're going to be accomplished. They're going to be accomplished in the streets. Acts 5, 12 through 15 said, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now, that wasn't in the church. You know why I don't tell somebody, come to the church and let me pray for you? Because I am the church. Wherever I go, I take the church. As long as I've got a relationship with God, I'm, I'm carrying, I am the church. Right? I walk, I, when I'm walking, I'm walking in the same authority that the, the apostles walked in. I, I walk in the same giftings that the apostles worked in or walked in. And we need to know that we as children of God walk in that same authority, same power, and same anointing. And that we have the giftings. We have that gifting. We just don't, we are afraid. I believe that the, that, that, that the church, apostolic, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal church is afraid to step out and speak to the sickness. Because we've heard so many doctor reports that came back and said nothing we can do so we accept man's word over God's word I'm not saying don't be wise but what I am saying first we need to pray we need to pray pray for uh, 
Randy's mother-in-law, Patricia. That's some, you need to put Patricia. Her name is Patricia Augusta. Patricia. Yeah, Augustus. She has cancer. Bishop and I last week went in. She was in the emergency room. She's had cancer off and on, and they've treated it. It went away. Now it's back again. Now she has tons of pain down here in this lower midsection. And without, without, trying, uh, without speaking that death or that negative word in that area, I won't speak the word in that area. But what, I did, what we did do is we prayed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be thou healed in Jesus' name. I don't know if she has a pastor. Maybe she has a pastor. I don't really know. I don't even care. She, you know what I mean? I, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak to the sickness, and I'm going to speak healing in Jesus' name. She told, she told Randy, she said, I, I really appreciate all three of you because he was still upstairs with Sister Juanita and then went to praying for somebody else in another bed. We were on a mission. We told him we'd meet up with him downstairs. Sorry. Move in this place. Come on now. I just need you to move in this place. Hallelujah. You know what I listen to, nothing but gospel. So you know nothing. No Rick James, no nothing. Move in this place, Jesus. I'm looking for Jesus to move in this place. Right, come on. I'm looking for Jesus to move in this place. That came right on time. Get my train of thought back here. So we need to take this right into the streets. As you read through the book of Acts, you will find that the gospel was preached more in houses than it was in churches. The work of the deacon's disciples was not only confined to the local assembly, but also uh, they, they were used in evangelism. Philip was used by God as an evangelist, and his story follows the words, They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, preaching the word of God in Acts 8 and 4. More evangelism would, would get done and more churches would be established, more souls would be saved if we would do more of taking the gospel everywhere. I found that sometimes we get, uh, we're inhibited. I don't know what it is, but we're, we're afraid to talk to people. And I understand, you know, I live, my wife does not like to really uh, She's not, uh, she's not one of the people that can just talk to you from, you know, if you're standing there on the street and we catch eye contact. See, if I get eye contact with you, we talking. <laughs> We're going to talk one way or the other. We're going to say something if it's just hi. How are you today? And if you give me a grunt, I'm going to say, wow, glad to hear that. You know what I mean? I, I'm not afraid. We need to talk to people. Amen. They probably going, what is wrong with that dude? Did he not hear me grunt? Yeah, I heard you grunt, but I want you to see Jesus. You know? Philip was commanded by the angel to arise and go, Acts 8.26. As he obeyed, he found a man in Ethiopia in a chariot reading the Bible. Philip got into the chariot or taxi 
And as it moved along the street, he preached Jesus to the man. They stopped in the chariot, the taxi, the bus to baptize him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we have an outstanding revival at Grace Gospel Worship Center. I believe that right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to say not only are we in revival, but we're in the midst and and in the preparation of harvest in Jesus' name. In Acts 9, we see the conversion of Saul, Paul. He He was struck down on the road to Damascus by a great light, confronted by the light of the world and left in blindness. Jesus did not preach the gospel to Saul. The angels did not come and preach the gospel to Saul. This is a duty given to those who have experienced salvation themselves. Acts 9.11 says, Thus the Lord spoke to Ananias, a certain disciple, and told him, Arise and go into the streets, which is called straight. He did just what he was told to do. He found Saul, prayed for his healing, prayed him through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he rose, arose, and was baptized, Acts 9, 17 through 18. In Acts 16, we see that Paul preached at at a ladies' prayer meeting. This meeting was not held inside the church, but out of the city by the riverside. As a result of Paul's ministry, Lydia and her household were baptized. In some churches, street meetings uh, are used as a form of evangelism. Some churches in uh, that, uh, you know, there's some churches that require new converts to go out into the streets and give their testimonies and follow Sunday after their converts, uh, uh, their conversion. They, they, there are churches that once you're prayed through to the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, go now. You go out today and you tell somebody what happened to you today. Why? While it's fresh, while it's new, right? How many of you have gotten a new car? What do you do with that new car? You go and show everybody. If you get a new car. If you get a used car, you go, what do you do? You go show everybody that new used car because it's new to you, Right? You get a new shirt, new dirt, new skirt, huh? You ironed it, ironed it. Get a pair of new shoes. You know you like. You might even hike that pants leg up a little bit high so, you, so y'all can see that shoe. You know what I mean? You know I want you to see that shoe, huh? <laughs> but you want to you want to show somebody. You have a new baby. Look at my baby. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? Right? Get a grandbaby. Then you take that grandbaby. I, hey, I want you. I, look, when the grandbabies are with me, I am showing them off. This is my granddaughter. This is my grandson. This is my granddaughter. I want them to know these are my grandbabies. Same way with the Holy Ghost. The only problem is, is that once you've been birthed, and time goes on. You kind of forget. I believe we forget how exciting that initial infilling of the Holy Ghost was. We forget the power. We forget that all of a sudden the weight of the world is immediately gone. Your mind is not on anything. There are no bills going through your mind. 
There's no boyfriend going through your mind. There's no husband going through your mind. There's no children going through your mind. There's no car payments going through your mind. House note being nothing's going through your mind but this experience. And then when you get through with the experience, you're like, man, I got to tell you about something that happened to me today. I'm new at this, but God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I want you to, look, I want you to come and experience what I've got. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, I, I got to show you. I've got you to, I've got, I want you to see what I've got. I want to take you to where that experience happened. All right. Right here. Right here. This is where the experience happened. Yeah, you honor God, repent. Have you repented of your sins? The Bible says, for all have short, fallen short of the glory of God. So we've all, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I've sinned, you sinned, so what we need to do is ask the Lord to forgive us. The Bible says in Acts 2.38, uh, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the first process is repentance. That's what I did. I repented. I began to repent, Aaron. I began to ask God to forgive me of all my sins. Well, Aaron... I ask this question, you're probably asking me right now, well, do I have to remember all my sins? No. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm coming to you right now, Lord. And after you come to the Lord, you go, God, I want to ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, sins that I can't remember anymore, sins that I've done to people. Lord God, people I've hurt, people I've wronged, whatever it is I've ever done that's been wrong to you and wrong and goes against your word, God. I'm asking you to forgive me of those sins and then never go back to them. That's the first process. And then if you were you baptized, you've not been baptized. Okay. So the Bible says that we need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of our sins, that bearing us in that name. Okay. So what does hinder you now from being baptized? Take him downstairs and baptize him. You understand, but when you're when you're excited, now that's a new convert. Man, we're going, he's getting baptized. Everybody, Aaron's getting baptized. He's already repented of his sins. He's going to get baptized tonight, right now. But now if I came there and said, man, I had an experience today. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not really sure, man. I know, I know something came over me. I kind of started speaking in some funny language and you know but 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 it happened you think he wants that he's probably going hmm dude you're weird did you just have an out of body experience cuz he's not going he's not going to want to receive but when you come with excitement you've got to come and experience the power and the glory Will you come? Look, we're having church tonight. And there's all kinds of young people there. All kinds of other people there. I want you to come and worship with us. Will you come? All right. Now, if I said, man, I, I, you know, I know I kind of had some kind of experience and the Holy Ghost hit me. Would you come with me tonight? That's what I would say. <laughs> Not today. But the bottom line is, is we, we can see your testimony begins to affect people, and it will 
deliver people. It will cause people to want to experience your power and your glory. People can argue with words, but no one can argue with the testimony of someone that's been pulled out or converted or changed, and you can only change by the Holy Ghost. Amen. I watch people try to try to clean up without the Holy Ghost. You can't clean up. People profess to have truth, but yet their mouth still speaks terrible vocabulary. And without the Holy Ghost, I would have never, my mouth would never be clean. I'm just going to set the record straight. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I would still use the vocabulary that I used BC, NBC, now. Because without the Holy Ghost, I would have no conviction. Word can't. Word can convict you, but without the Spirit in you, you don't, you're, you lose that conviction without the Holy Ghost. In my walk, I'm talking about someone that's saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and walking with Jesus. People that profess to be saved, that still curse, kirk off, call you every name, flip the bird, they're not saved. There is no Holy Ghost in them. You can argue all you want and tell me you're safe, but you don't flip the bird no more when the Holy Ghost comes in. And you don't dare, you don't look at nobody and, and, and stare them down and tell them, I dare you to sit beside me. When the Holy Ghost comes in, you, you, you're like, scoot over, man. I'm sitting right here because I want to be where the power is. There's got to be power up here and all these people wouldn't be sitting up front. I, I want to be where the action is. You know why people get on the front line in football stadiums, basketball courts? That's where all the action is, right? So the reason, and we as God's people need to pull to the front because that lets every guest know that comes in, there must be something happening near the front. Then when the guests come in, they're going to be like, uh, can you? Can you please, yeah, give me some. Come on, honey. We got enough room for one more. Come on up. I want you up here with me. Come on. And, and, and they be like almost up on each other. But when the Holy Ghost is, they don't mind being all scrunched up. They start standing up. Hallelujah. Right? Because fire, it's excitement that draws people. If we don't show it to our children, you know why? And listen, don't be offended by me having the children up here. When I can get her to trust me, when I can get her to trust me, she'll be up here with me. When Braden's older, he's going to be up here. You know why? I want them to know it's okay to dance before Jesus. Not choreograph, but to dance and to worship. They may not understand what they're doing right now, and to you all it might be disrespectful. But right now what we're doing, we're training them. We're telling them, raise your hands. They don't understand everything they're doing, but we're teaching them. We're discipling them. This is a time of worship. This is a time of praise. Amen. To hop and skip. Yes, let's hop and skip. If, if it's spinning a little bit, hallelujah, whatever it is. Yes, that's it, baby. You keep on praising God. You keep on worshiping him. You say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, whatever. You say it. That's it. You encourage them to praise God. You encourage them to say hallelujah. You encourage them to say thank you, Jesus. Because at some point, once they hit six, they're going to be on fire for Jesus. They're going to be in the uh, 
Bible quizzing thing. They're going to be spewing off scripture, taking first place in Jesus' name. They're going to be shouting, and we're going to be going, wow, that's a new generation. That's a powerful generation. Those are ministers. Those are missionaries. Those are teachers. Those are evangelists. Amen. They're prophets sitting right there. You've got to know that you're pouring into a new generation. Once people are converted on the streets, they are brought to the church to feed the to be to the church to feed on the word of God. A man prepared a great banquet and invited many to attend. Several of those invited began to make excuses of why they couldn't come. You look at Luke 14, 21 through 23. It says, When the servant reported this to the man, he angrily told them, Go go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. When the servant returned, there was still room for more. He was then requested to go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled, Luke 14, 20. You see, there is a hungry world out there waiting for uh, you to take it to the streets. You know, we're not looking. I, I, I don't get caught up in rich or poor. I don't get caught up in middle class or whatever. It, you can be living in a cardboard box and I'm going to witness to you. You can stink and I'm going to witness to you. You can have messed up teeth and I'm going to witness to you. We, we need to be mindful of the world. The world is hungry for people to, to, to be witness to. They are. Really, they're looking for somebody to witness to them. They're looking for somebody to teach them and to draw them in and to love them because the world does not love anyone. The world hates people. It really does. I know it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, speaking something evil against the world, but you, you, you won't find love in the world. Longtime friend, if he if he loved me truly, when I overdosed on cocaine, he would have taken me to the hospital. We allowed him to be called the uncle of my daughter, and yet he didn't want to take me to the hospital. He left me there to die with a cocaine overdose. So let me tell you, you know, you might think that I'm. I'm saying I'm just kirking off on the world. I'm not kirking off on the world. I can tell you if I had, if I was passed out here, something was happening, people would start praying and call 911, right? They'd be praying in the name of Jesus. They wouldn't go, well, let him lay there. They'd be trying to find some kind of help through prayer, through touching, touching the Lord. Some way, somehow, God would be called upon. People would be caring about what's happening in this, in this person's life. And that's what we need to do. We need to care about people's lives. There are hungry people. Amos, and I'm coming, I'm closing right now. Amos 8.11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not uh, land, not a famine of bread, nor of nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. While we have the opportunity, we need to witness to people. We need to encourage people. We need to talk to people about the word of God. <clears throat> When we start, I will tell you this, when we do start the prayer walks, 
when we start walking and praying, that time is not for you to witness other than to, if someone asks you, what are you doing? You tell them, we're praying for your community. If they ask you then, what church are you from? Then and then only do you tell them who and where you're from. We don't offer anything other than we're going to pray for your community. We're not inviting them to church. We're not witnessing to them because first we're going in and tearing down strongholds. Nothing can, nothing can happen until you go begin to walk the streets and pray down the walls of Satan in that community. And as we begin to pray and walk, here's what's going to happen. Whether it be in White Plains, whether it be in Clinton, Maryland, God's going to send people, maybe not even off the street that we prayed and walked on, but God's going to begin to send people here. And people are going to have to be ready to teach Bible studies. You're going to have to come out of your comfort zone because there's not going to be, a, not going to be any way that just the ministry staff can be, will be able to handle that. And then on top of that, let me just, let me just add something. On top of that, then on top of everybody you're witnessing to, you're going to have Bible studies going there. God is looking for people that are ready for the harvest because it's, it's inevitable. The harvest is here. He said the, the laborers are few, but the harvest is ready. And I believe that, I know everybody had reasons why they couldn't. This is our first night having Sunday night service and whatever that good reason might be, I understand that. But the bottom line is, God's looking for people. I believe this is a nucleus that God's going to begin to start with, to work with, in Jesus' name. When Sunday nights is going to be a time for training, teaching, preaching, letting young ministers and ministerettes preach the word of God to the church. Thank you. And thank you, whoever over here said amen or that's right, amen. You know why? Because we're, we're going to see God move. God's already, already given us his word told us a while ago, he said, if you'll, if you'll act on that faith, I'll do it. Did he not? And then what did he say uh, Friday night? He said, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to do it. And you're coming out. You're coming out. And so God has great things in store for Grace Gospel in each and every one. If you'll stand with me. It might be a struggle to have people here on a Sunday night, but we're going to be obedient to God. We're going to be obedient to God. We're going to honor God and His Word. We're going to honor Him in everything that we do. We're going to worship Him in spirit and in truth in church. I pray that God will take something that was said tonight, the Scripture, and put it in your heart to where you become very aware of your surroundings and that when you see a soul, you begin to say, Hey, Tyler, how are you today? Good. Hey, Tiana, how are you today? Good. Hey, Priscilla, how are you today? Hey, Tyler, how are you today? Good. It's another day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Hey, Tiana, how are you today? 
good day. Hey, Priscilla, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, okay. Nini, how are you today? Well, good. I, I'm not going to be, just understand, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Neville, how are you today? Awesome, praise God. It's a new day. Hey, Neville, how are you today, man? Awesome, job going well? Good, how about your daughter? Wife doing good? See, because now I've already gotten to that place where I know he's married, he's got a child, and he's got a wife. And I know he's got a job. So what do you do? You just take common things to talk about. You're building a relationship. Hey, Neville, how's that, how's that generator work going? Awesome. Oh. How's that school uh, security guard work going? Blessed. I believe God's going to give her another job in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says there's life and death in the tongue. What we need to do is speak it, that it'll be a government job, and it'll be better and greater than the one you got right now, and it'll pay you more than what you have. I'm not trying to be foolish. I'm following in God's word. He said you'll live or die by the word that comes out of your mouth. I choose to speak life. And I believe what I speak because the one who gave me the Holy Ghost can provide it and bring life to it. The word that I just spoke in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We need to know what we have. We have something very precious. I believe that the world... I believe, that, I believe that the world is looking for what the church has today. This church and every apostolic or Holy Ghost filled. If you understand, you know what I'm trying to say. I believe the world's looking for what we have. I know the world has crept in and tried to destroy marriages and, 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 and things, you know, because at one time churches were not affected by divorce, but they are now just as much as the world now, but but I believe that God is changing that. I believe God is healing marriages. I believe God is restoring people. He's restoring their faith. He's restoring their, and healing their hearts so that they can love one another. Amen? We serve a God that's powerful, and we need to be able, listen, You don't, if you don't feel like you have something that you can witness about, you need to take whatever God you can use my testimonies. Just use them. I know a drug addict that's been delivered. I know an alcoholic that's been delivered. I know a man that, that ruined his marriage, literally ruined it, and God put it back together. You know, if you don't feel comfortable talking about your own victories and own testimonies, put mine out there. I haven't stopped putting mine out there. Mom and dad took, or bishop and senior first lady took and put it on paper and then started knocking doors with it. Bottom line is, take it and use it for the kingdom of God. Because God has great things in store for you and your family in Jesus' name. I'll just say yes.
trust in you. 